0: The seven last words of Jesus is a familiar passage. Many times it has been shared during Good Friday service. And the first word that Jesus said was, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And here Jesus was expressing his human feelings of abandonment as God placed the sins of the world on him. But... Remember, his divinity is never separated from God the Father. Just as in John chapter 17, verse 22, Jesus prayed, The glory that you have given me, I have given to them, the disciples, that they may be one even as we are one, that the disciples may be one and even as Jesus and God the Father are one, never separated. You see, the triune God, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Spirit, is always one, never separated. Jesus was in his humanity feeling the abandonment because of all the sins upon him. One of the most common experiences in the past year has been the sense of abandonment. And the lockdown and requirement for physical distancing has intensified that sensation. But I believe the worst kind of abandonment is a self-imposed exile. It is the kind where you are totally absorbed in the pursuit of the fleshly desires, or you are paralyzed by fear and panic, or merely going through the motions to the point where you are not even aware that you are drifting away aimlessly and swiftly further and further away from God. I think for all the Bible students, you can say, well, that's a parable of the prodigal son. And you are right. Are you drifting? Anchor yourself in Christ because he never abandoned you. Even though he felt like he was abandoned because of the sins placed on him on that night. The second saying was, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Those who crucified Jesus did not recognize Him as the Messiah. Their ignorance did not mean they deserve forgiveness. But Jesus prayed to forgive them. And it is an expression of His divine grace. You know, we may be willing to let people off the hook When they plead innocence or ignorance. But what if they know what they were doing? What if it was intentional? Do you exercise forgiveness? How do you do that? You know, with anti-Asian violence on the rise and lingering political divides that refuse to go away, forgiveness doesn't come easy because now it becomes very personal. I wonder whether there were times and moments where anger may swell in your hearts and thoughts of vengeance may have crossed your minds and the pleasure derived from inflicting pains on those on the opposite side may have display and replay in your minds over and over again. It helps to remember the lyrics of the song we have just sung, How Deep the Father's Love for Us. The second stanza says, Behold the man upon the cross, my sin upon his shoulder. Ashamed, I hear my mocking voice call out among the scoffers. It was my sin that held him there on the cross until it was accomplished. And his Dying breath has brought me life. I know that it is finished. You see, I was there when they crucified the Lord. I was there. And you were there too. Because it was our sins who put Jesus on the cross. The sins of the world, past, present, and future. All the sins put Jesus on the cross. So in that sense, you and I were there at the cross of Jesus. And only when we come to the cross of Jesus, we are able to extend forgiveness. Because at the cross of Jesus, we are all standing on level ground. We are all sinners saved by grace. And this knowledge makes forgiveness a little bit easier to be extended to others. Ask God for the strength to forgive. The third sayings of Jesus on the cross. He says, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. You see, one of the criminals hang on the cross, recognize that Jesus is the sinless God and he is the coming king. So he asked Jesus to forgive him and he was granted the privilege to be a child of God. Even at his deathbed moment, it's a deathbed confession. And repentance. You see, Jesus said in Luke chapter 19 verse 10, for the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. Yes, including those at the deathbed. I am sure if the criminal could do it all over again, he would not have wanted to wait until the deathbed moment. You see, salvation is always here and now. Today, Jesus said, today you will be with me in paradise. Are you right with God today? I want to invite you to consider to receive the forgiveness of sins through Jesus Christ and be reconciled with the Creator today, tonight. Would you do that? The four sayings of Jesus. He said to Mary, woman, behold your son. And said to his disciple John, behold your mother. You see, Jesus committed his mother's care into John's hands. And from that hour, John took her into his own home. In these verses, Jesus showed his compassion to his earthly mother by caring for her, after his death. See, the picture here is just perfect. Love extended, love received, and they live happily ever after. Not quite so. What if one party is willing to extend a hand of friendship and reconciliation, but the other party refused to take it, refused to shake it? It happens a lot, a lot. Extend your hand anyway and let God do the rest. Who is God calling you right now to extend your hand for hospitality? Who is God calling you to extend your hand for reconciliation? Who is God bringing to your mind for you to extend a hand of blessings tonight? See, when a hand is extended to you, take it. You don't know when the hand will be withdrawn. Because once rejected, the individual may not have the courage to extend his hand again, lest he suffers embarrassment again. So take it at the first possible moment, will you? The fifth sayings of Jesus on the cross, he said, I thirst. Just two words, I thirst. With the loss of blood at the crucifixion, and the beating down of the hot sun, it was natural that Jesus felt thirsty. By saying he was thirsty, he he prompted the Roman guards to give him vinegar, which was customary at the crucifixion scene in those days. And thereby fulfilling the prophecy in Psalms 69 verse 21 saying, And for my thirst they gave me sour wine to drink. Jesus fulfilled that prophecy. But there is a thirst of a different kind described in Amos chapter 8, verse 11. It says, Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord God, when I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. You see, when God is silent, we lose our bearing. Without God's word, we will be groping in the dark. And that's why Psalm chapter 1, verses 2 and 3, the two verses are so important to remind us that those who delight in the law of the Lord and meditate the word of God day and night, they shall be like trees planted by the streams of water. Not just one stream, but streams, abundant of water to nourish the tree. And the tree will never go withering the leaves. And they will bear fruits in the right season because the waters are plentiful. And in all he does, he prospers because he was doing the will of God. You see, when you are confused by the fake news today, by different agendas and different propagandas, by the contentious cultural issues of our times, by the popular sayings that many people are saying that, or by the politically correct statements that you often hear. Immerse yourself in the Word of God and the Word of God will filter out the voices that are not from God. And you will hear his voice. The six sayings of Jesus on the cross, he said, It is finished. In John chapter 19, verse 30. See, Jesus has accomplished the whole work his Father had given him to do, and which was to preach the gospel, work miracles, and obtain eternal salvation for his people. And the debt of sin was paid. It is finished. How many of us can say with confidence that we have finished what we were called to do by God? You know, unfinished business is such a, such a regret of life. May I encourage you to carry on with the ministry that God has called you to do. Do not neglect the Christian gatherings. Keep your wedding vows. Deliver the promises you have made to your loved ones. Get the project you always wanted to do off the ground. Pick up the broken pieces and let Jesus patch them up for you. Take up the cross and follow Jesus all the way, all the way. Finishing well starts with fulfilling our promises one step at a time, one day at a time. You just have to start somewhere, start small. And just keep doing it. And you and I will finish well. It is finished. And finally, Jesus said, Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Here Jesus is willingly giving up his soul into the Father's hands. Indicating that he has accomplished all that the Father has given him to do. And he was ready To face the death? Are you confident enough to commit your spirit to God? Are you sure? I'll let Jesus answer you. In John chapter 14, verses 1 and 3, Jesus said, Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may also be. You see, Jesus is saying, I will come again. I will take you to your eternal home. I promise I will come quickly. And with these seven words, I hope that this year as we hear it again in the midst of COVID-19 pandemic, in the aftermath of having gone through 12 months of lockdown, physical distancing, online church, outdoor worship, that the seven sayings of Jesus will have a special meaning for you tonight as we come together to remember the Lord for what He has done for us. Let us pray. I'm going to invite you to spend a moment of meditation before the Lord and responding to which saying is God prompting in your heart for actions? Which saying that Jesus has uttered on the cross has moved you tonight and He's calling you to respond to Him? Would you spend a moment before the Lord in meditation and in quietness? Lord Jesus, we are so thankful for the gathering of the outdoor worship in commemoration of your sacrifice, of your crucifixion, of you dying on the cross for the sins of the world so that we can be reconciled with the Father, our sins are forgiven, and we will have the privilege to be children of God. And tonight as we gather together with our brothers and sisters, some sitting next to each other, others parking next to each other, others joining us through live stream, and later on, others will be watching online worship for the Good Friday. Wherever platform that you have provided for us, Lord, I pray that you will remind us of your love, of your grace that is extended to us unconditionally, and you are calling us to follow you. So tonight as we come together, as we gather together, Father, we pray that you will gather our thoughts together and focus on Jesus. And later on as we prepare ourselves to take the, the communion and we look at the cup and we look at the bread, they become so real to us because it is on this night 2,000 years ago Jesus died for us. He was crucified and he was buried. So we come together to thank you And we come together to remember you. And we come together to be touched and to be moved and to be molded by you. To be more like Jesus and to fall in love with Jesus again. We pray that you will revive our hearts and help us to honor you tonight through the commemoration of the ordinance of communion as we gather together. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.